What's up, my uncommon friends? Thank you for tuning into the show. First, make sure you follow Chris Struthers on Instagram at RedbeardStrength. Chris made our uh, logo for us, um, and I know I've said it on a couple other intros, but I made our first sad attempt at a logo for one of those first couple episodes. And um, I'm just extremely grateful that Chris saved me from myself and uh, did that for us. So make sure you follow him at Redbeard Strength. He has a clothing line, athletic clothing line coming out um, this summer. So make sure you follow him on Instagram. Um, We're back on COVID today and talking about the vaccine um, and the proposed vaccine passport. So I wanted to venture into this world a little bit with everything going on. Uh, Most of you know where we stand on these issues. um, So we hope that you enjoy the episode or at least you get something from it. As always, if you like the show, please subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. Um, I'm actually going to issue a challenge today. So my challenge to everybody this week is to share at least one episode with someone who hasn't heard the show. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this episode. It can be any of the other um, episodes that we've uploaded so far, positive, negative, it doesn't matter. Um, Our challenge is just to ask all of you to support us um, in sharing at least one episode. So if you could do that, we would be grateful, grateful, grateful uh, for that. Good or bad reviews are always uh, greatly appreciated. So if you could do that, we would um, we would appreciate, like I said, either positive or negative. I learned from negative uh, feedback as well. Um, if you have any ideas about topics you'd like to hear, please message me. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. Uh, you can look, search, just search for Dustin Duff and uh, you'll be able to get in contact with me. So uh, now now, let's go talk some vaccine passport. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast with B-Pop and Duff. What's going on today, Dustin? Not a whole heck of a lot, my friend. How about yourself? You know, just same old work, raising a 18-month-old, you know, having a good old time, man. Yeah, I actually got out and was able to punch a couple of arrows through a target today, so that felt kind of good. Some bow practice? Yeah, a little bit. That was a, that was probably the best client, possible client meeting or something. You know what I mean? That you could do. <laughs> right. They are out there, and people were looking at birds and shit. So There you, you know, go. Just out there. Yeah, I need to uh, get out and have some fun. I was supposed to go golf on Monday, so, you know, that ought to be a good time. Yeah, grass is getting green, my friend. I haven't, been out, I haven't uh, actually golfed in a true course since October. I didn't even get out last year. I don't think I got out once. If I did, I got out one time, literally once maybe. Right. That's it. Well, good deal. Well, let's kick this off here, Dustin. Uh, why don't you uh, do our weekly salutation, and then uh, we'll get into the nitty-gritty of what this podcast is all about today. Yeah, like we like to start the podcast every week, you know, thank you very much to the military and first responders out there. Um, we know that we can't have and do what we do without you and what you do. So, you know, I'm a very huge you know, first responder, military supporter, if there's anything this uh, podcast can ever do for you, you know, we are definitely here to help others and and definitely want to uh, promote, you know, uh, supporting those groups. Absolutely. Thank you, everybody out there that is a uh, first responder, uh, active duty military veteran. Uh, We absolutely thank you for your service and appreciate everything that you've done and everything that you continue to do. So today's episode, Dustin, uh, I came up with this name earlier in the week, and uh, this is this is one of those things that has been on my I don't want to say heart because it's one it's just driving me nuts. But today's episode is Vax hysteria, and I'm sure that's just stemming off of the Vax pass. Uh, you know, pass. It, it's all of it. You know, let's just kind of, let, let's kind of roll with it. So, what sparked this? You know, kind of my just irritation with all of this, right? There's a couple 
news stories that uh, were published this week that really just caught me off guard a little bit, and I, I just want to talk about it. So uh, Fox 31, KDBR Fox 31, um, posted, or not posted, but they ran a news article. It was in the morning on, uh, I don't know, Monday, Tuesday morning, something like that this past week. And before they go to they break the commercial, they said, you know, Texas, uh, or, or what was the thing? It, it, the headline was, 30 days after Texas removes face mask mandate, what do we know? And it goes to commercial, right? So they come back and you're thinking it's going to be like this doomsday scenario that their COVID cases are off the charts and all this sort of stuff, right? So they beat around the bush in this article, this news story for maybe 60 to 90 seconds, which for a news story is a long time, right? Right. And then they finally come out and say, well, Overall, Texas's COVID cases are down. Their deaths are completely down. Hospitalizations are so low, they don't even have record of it. But they threw this in at the very end. We don't really know why, but it's probably because of the vaccine. That's been this whole situation. Right. So we have a situation with this that they don't want to admit the fact that we're getting to herd immunity naturally. Right. I think you can argue. I think there's an actual argument to be made that we were at herd immunity anyway because of how this virus is. Right. Like how the death rate wasn't what it was, and we switched to case counts, and we and we and we were jumping through all these barrels, and everything changed. Right. So how what what's going to prove that we didn't we wouldn't have hit herd immunity. By now, anyway, had not everybody been so hysterical, your hysteria exactly. about, about this entire situation. Well, let me let, let me uh, share another news story with you. Same channel. Colorado Department of Corrections. Their statistics as of now, 40% of all employees in Colorado Department of Corrections are fully vaccinated. 4% are partially vaccinated. And get this, 56% of... Colorado Department of Corrections employees refuse to get the vaccine. And so Colorado Department of Corrections, what this news story was saying is they're trying to figure out, well, how can we incentivize people to take this vaccine? Now, here's my question with that, right? I always come up with these questions. If the vaccine works and COVID is so dangerous, why are you having to bribe people to take the vaccine? I think you and I would agree and I'm sure a lot of people out there would agree that you'd probably get a better, you know, cooperation if you were just truthful. If you were just fully truthful, right? right. If you're just fully truthful and you're truthful about what the consequences and, and what the liabilities and, and all of everything, that, every element that goes with the sickness itself, right? And the right. vaccine, including the vaccine. If you're honest with people and you said, listen, you know, this disease probably won't kill you, but look, if you take this vaccine, it's a lot like when you get the flu. You would probably survive the flu. You and I would probably survive the flu. Right. You know, but we highly recommend you take this because if you don't do it, there's a possibility of some of these side effects that we've seen come out from COVID, you know, after people have had them and stuff. You know, I'm, again, we're not saying that this isn't real. It's a real thing. It's a real virus. But the stats and the talking points and the political jockeying and everything else skewed everything to a point mm -hmm. where people like you and I are so skeptical. I don't, 
I don't trust anything that I hear. I don't trust anything that I'm, I, I don't even watch TV anymore. I don't know about you. I think, I think I'm, I'm on the Netflix, Netflix click or, you know, kick just because I don't have to watch the stupid ass commercials and shit that come right. on there all the time. Right. So we've resulted now to either holding people hostage to where if they don't get the vaccine, there's this threat now of not being able to engage in commerce, go travel, go to concerts, go to sporting events, all this sort of stuff. Or we're just going to bribe people to take a vaccine that supposedly is is 94 to 95% effective, all this other nonsense, okay? Well, I want to get this out here real quick. I just... I want us to get our stances out there. Again, you're not, you've said it on other podcasts that you're not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not an an anti-vaxxer either, okay? And I just want everybody to be very clear about what my stance is. Anything going into your body has to be a choice, dude. It has to be a choice. Well, isn't the mantra of my body, my choice? Well, there's that. But when you think about it, even at other levels, so you have people that would would say that it's inhumane to like chemically castrate, you know, multiple offending. Oh, sex pedo- offenders, sex offenders, pedophiles, yeah. you know, those kind of things, right? They would be adamantly against that, but they're okay with this virus. But what is the difference? You're getting injected with a substance, whether it's intended to harm you or not, you're getting something injected under your skin, in your body, inside of your body. But yet we're going down a road right now where it's not going to be a choice. And it has to be a choice because just like my example those same people saying it it, might, it would be humane. Well, you take this step. What's the next step? That's where I want to get to today, right? We're going down a slippery slope with these vaccines. And as you mentioned, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I mean, I've had all my immunizations when I was a kid. You know, my son, um, he's, as I said, he's 18 months. He's going through his all his rounds of immunizations, normal immunizations, all that sort of stuff. You know, but, and I think I mentioned this on the last episode we did, I'm coming off of COVID myself, right? And the experience that I had, my experience only, and the experience of the individuals that we were with that also came down with COVID is certainly not bad enough in our experience. Now, everybody experiences things differently, but in our experience, this was certainly not bad enough to get an unproven, untested vaccine, Okay. Now, I asked you in a prior podcast, when the uh, uh, flu vaccine was first brought to market and we didn't know the answer, we were thinking three to four decades. Yeah, I said as long as I've been alive. 1942. Oh, you looked it up. 1942. In 1942, Jonas Salk oversaw 8,000 test cases of influenza vaccine and you know who they tested inmates in two mental health hospitals okay so we have a flu vaccine that's been around since 1942 and the latest data on the flu vaccine is that it's 40 to 60 percent effective i had this it's going to be a funny thought i might offend some people but again yeah, I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. That's what we do. Right. But a lot of people that are all in on this vaccine are the same people that like want to take like take a, a dumbass pill to lose weight. They want to work to lose well, weight. I, and, and I mean, it's like the big, big dick pills, right? If big dick <laughs> pills work, 
every single man on the planet would buy big, big, big dick pills, right? Right. I mean, everybody would be walking around, and it would be, it would be, it would be comical. Right. They don't work. Right. They don't work. Right. And I'm not saying that the vaccine doesn't work, but what I'm, the reason why it just drives, it's just driving me insane because it's just getting thrown at you and thrown at you at every single turn. And you almost, you almost feel like a bad person because you don't think like that. Right. Like for a second, there's a split second. Every time I see one of the commercials or something, I'm like, Oh, am I, am I an asshole? Right. Right. I have just a quick thought about, man, am I really an asshole or not? Right. And I got a bunch of people out there in the car going, yeah, you are. But (laughs) you know, at the end of the day, Again, you can't, you can't let outside influences. I just want to say influences, right? It's, it's the fat cats here, the politicians or whoever you want to blame. Yeah. You can't give them the opportunity to make you put things in or on your body. Right. So on that same token, right? So the flu vaccine and I'm, I'm leading up to a point here so everybody listening out there, just bear with me. So we have a flu vaccine that's been in existence since 1942. Let's just be generous and say that it's been widely used since 1960. Let's give it an 18-year window from the time it was first tested to widely used. I think that's probably pretty fair, right? I would say so. Okay. So in that amount of time, so let's say from 1960, or yeah, 1960 to 2021, we have, how many years is that? 61 years. Quite a long time. They haven't been able to get the flu vaccine more than 40 to 60% effective. And yet COVID came out this exact time last year. Okay. Or I shouldn't say came out. It's when we got first notified of it early March of 2020. Right. Okay. So these pharmaceutical companies, Fauci, All these people want us to believe that in, let's just say, 12 months, a virus they've never had experience with, right? Let's assume that they've never had experience with this virus. That's what we're allowed to believe. Yes. So let's make that assumption for a moment. They've they've come up with a vaccine that's 94% effective, but yet they can't, what's the word I'm looking for here? They can't make the flu vaccine more effective than 40 to 60% over that 61-year period of time, in my example, from, let's just say, 1960 to 2021. People need to start looking at this with a more critical eye and say, how does that even make sense? Well, you brought him up, so I have a, I have a big red bullet point on my... Um on my little sheet here that I have to talk about. So Dr. Fucknuts, that's what I'm calling him from now on. So it's Dr. <laughs> Fucknuts Fauci. That's what I'm calling him. Here's the thing, man. How popular, honestly, right? Who knows? I'm sure he's very well credited and everything else. I don't look into his background. I don't, I don't care. Okay. Okay. How popular or how much attention do you think that that man, and you just picture him in your mind, how much attention do you think he's truly had before this all went on? Uh, well, like you know what I'm talking about. Not not to the level it is now, but he was he was the uh, one of the the leading doctors in the 80s for HIV. Sure, he's been on the the, the top short list. No pun intended, because I think he's short. But he was on the short list back when we dealt with H1N1, when we dealt with Zika, all that sort of stuff. So the reason why I bring that up, okay? The reason why I bring that up. He's getting paid. 
he's getting paid fat. And I'm sure he's going to go on some talking circuit for the next, for the, until he already is until he, until he passes away. Right. Yeah, he has, this guy hasn't seen a TV interview that he, that he didn't like. Why would he want it to end? Think about that. Right. Think, think about think. So he's the one that is, he's the one, right? He's the one, he's the Messiah. He's, he's the guy, three masks, you know, two masks, even when you get vaccinated and nothing changes, right? Like think, like think when you think about just people, right? People are, can be shitty. Mm -hmm. People can be shitty. People are, um, you know, they're stingy. They, they, you know, they're hypocritical. You know, we have a lot of different, different flaws, right? But one of them, unless you're like, there's obviously a certain amount of population that's a total introvert in their mom's basement and don't want to see the world. Right. But outside of that, Everybody wants to have attention of some kind. Why do you think little kids get in trouble at school when their parents aren't aren't paying them attention? It's the same thing, right? We all want right. we all want attention. So he's been able to stand up there for a year and feel like he's king fly of the shit pile, and he knows everything, and he's the end all be all, right? And I'm the authority on it. When we've had accredited doctors, accredited doctors come out when and I'll even go back to the hydroxychloroquine thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, Facebook and Twitter, their censored little programs or their, what, what are they called? Their, um, the, the filter people, right? The, the people that go. Oh, the fact checkers? The fact checkers, right? So, you know, they have all these, the fact checkers and stuff. Well, they came out, and I said this on another podcast, and they admitted, they flat out admitted that they were incorrect about hydroxychloroquine and the effects it had on COVID-19. Do you know why? Because it was, because Trump said it, I know that. Well, but no, there's a different reason. You know how much it costs to buy a hydroxychloroquine pill? Probably not much. Two bucks, two bucks. There's not enough money involved with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, vitamin D, zinc. You know all the stuff that already exists. There, who stands to gain money from that? Who stands to get rich off of that? Well, and that was my last point to Fauci, right? If he's so much the end all be all, if he's the bee's knees, why are we playing the exact same game over a year later? Yeah. The exact same game. Okay, so, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Brett. Okay, I could be wrong here. But if masks really worked, would we still be wearing them? No. Well, if masks were... According to their timeline, their initial timelines and all that kind of shit about wearing masks and everything else. Well, the initial timeline was, hey, we have to lock down for 14 days to flatten the curve. We don't want to overrun our hospitals. Okay? Right. You know, the problem with Fauci is he's, a, he, he's constantly moving the goalpost. Okay? But not only is he constantly moving the goalpost, he came out last March and told, did a 60 Minutes interview that, that for some reason people want to forgive him for. And I'm still kind of hung up on it. He did a 60 Minutes interview and said, absolutely, do not go out and do not uh, do not wear face masks. Do not wear cloth face masks. It doesn't work. If anything, it's going to cause more issues and all this other stuff. And you know what? In March of last year, when he did that interview, he was actually telling the truth. You know why? He wrote, he, he authored a paper, a research paper regarding... Now, you can't find it online anymore. Oh, no. The, no they no, they no. scrubbed this from the internet. I read this last April where he 
wrote a research paper about the, the, the Spanish flu pandemic. And back then, they saved uh, lung samples of people that had died, cadavers, things like that. And so the NIH has done numerous research, numerous tests, studies on, okay, well, what happened, you know, during that Spanish flu? You know what, you know what he hypothesized? A good majority of the people that died during the Spanish flu did not die from the Spanish flu. They died from bacterial pneumonia. And his own paper that he authored... He speculated they died from bacterial pneumonia because of bacterial buildup from wearing cloth face masks. And that's what I'm saying. If it would have worked, we would have been at a different place right now. Right. Right. If we were going by the numbers and we were doing and we said, well, this worked or that worked or we were doing trial and elimination, you know, and whatever you want to call it, we would have done something different. So why? Are we saying the same thing a year later? And the, again, this is where I don't I don't agree with him anymore, right? I, I'm, I, I don't, don't believe anything he says. I just anymore. don't respect him anymore. I should say that I just don't respect him anymore. No, right? I don't respect him in, in, in his profession. But and it's all off of every statement he made at the front end of this thing ended up being a hypocritical statement, or he made a hypocritical statement based off of other information that he was getting, right? Yeah. Or other pressure, I should say. Not information. I'm talking pressure. Pressure. Well, and I said a second ago, this guy continues to to move the goalpost. What I mean by that is, you know, it was first 14-day flatten the curve thing. Then it was, well, we got to lock down to prevent the spread. It's just this constant roller coaster or this constant, you know, oh, you almost had it. You ever watch that progressive commercial with the, uh, the guy with the um, – like the, the, the fishing rod and he's dangling a carrot in front of somebody <laughs> and he's like, Ooh, you almost had it. That's Fauci, right? Everybody, oh, yeah. we all think, okay, we're almost getting to a point. Ah, no, not, not going to have it. So fast forward to today. Now we have these vaccines and they say, well, now that you have the vaccine, you still need to wear a face mask because even though it's 94% effective, we just don't know how it's going to transfer. And so now they're saying, and I have another story on this one. Now they're saying if you have the vaccine, you're going to feel fine, but you still can spread it to other people. Okay. This is the biggest bunch of horse shit that I've ever heard. Well, dude, there's a, there was an article I saw. I didn't get a chance to read it. I was in and out. But um, there was a New York woman that tested positive, and she's already had the vaccine. Okay. Here's something. Two women recently gave birth to babies who tested positive for COVID antibodies. The infants tested positive for COVID antibodies right after birth. Okay. Both moms were vaccinated during the third trimester. They were part of some study or some experiment. I'm going to call it an experiment because that's really all, we, all this is right now. Okay. So they both were vaccinated during their third trimester. They both caught actual COVID after getting vaccinated and they pass those antibodies off to their babies. Again, if the vaccine, Oh, and by the way, they both experienced symptoms and they both got ill with COVID, even though they had the vaccine. Right. But now they say, well, if you, if you have the vaccine and you catch COVID, but you don't get so sick that you wind up in the hospital, the vaccine worked. Let me tell you something. I just had COVID. I was nowhere near going into a hospital, and I'm not vaccinated. So you can't have it both ways. Va either vaccinated, dog. Vaccinated. 
it's I know it's frustrating, it's, isn't it? It's just stupid. It, it's just stupid, dude. It's here's the thing, man. This country, we talk about freedom. And that's kind of, I mean, that's a really big driving force for us, you know, starting this podcast is the freedoms that we have in this country. Freedom of speech, number one. Freedom of speech, but freedom, I mean, to not be forced to do shit. Right. Right? Like, there are laws protecting against a lot of this stuff that we're just not even, like, like, where'd the book go? Right. Where'd the book go? Everything went online, but nobody wants to look at the book anymore. Right. What our constitutional rights are. Yeah, I've got a quick story that I'm going to touch on at the very end of this one. I'm going to close it out with that, but you hit you're hitting the nail on the head. Well, you know, and and just just tailing off of the Fauci thing, I talked about pressure in there. You know, we talk about political pressure, and and it comes from both sides, dude. It comes from both sides in right. different situations, right? Outside of COVID and everything else, right? We have all these social issues and shit going on too, mm-hmm. you know, but. You know, Dr. Saransky, he was on the Real AF podcast, so I started following some of his stuff. And he's a triple board certified physician, neurologist. I mean, has most of those accreditations. I think he runs like a uh, like an uh, addiction rehab or something, something along those lines. Like it's his big nonprofit and stuff. And we talk about the pressure. Well, you got to look at where the pressure is coming from, right? He was asked about he was asked on the podcast about Joe Biden as the president. And I'm not I'm not trying to trash Joe Biden. I'm saying what a triple board certified physician that's a neurologist said. Right. But he said it's highly unlikely that President Biden will be cognitively fit to be president six months to a year from now. And that's sad. So now what I wanted to make the connection for everybody out there. He allegedly, allegedly, will just for the sake of this you know, story. We'll just say he is making all the decisions and he doesn't have the puppet master behind him or above him. You mean Kamala or Nancy. Um, (laughs) If he's the one making the, making the ultimate decision with how we're going to deal with this moving forward, we have a triple board, again, triple board certified neurologist saying with 99% certainty that he does not think that Joe Biden is going to be fit to be president cognitively. And he said, and he's, and it's not just because he's, Oh, it's probably a Republican saying that fuck them. No, he's saying he's had multiple ruptured aneurysms. He has cardiac arrhythmia issues that everybody knows about. Mm-hmm. And all of those things play into your cognitive ability. Now that is the end decision. That's the last person to sign off on the crap, right? Right. Before it goes into law or, or whatever they want to call these things, regulations, he's the one making the decision. And Dr. Fucknuts is the one advising him. So now we got a guy that I think it's more of an attention slash money grab at this point. I think, it, to, I think it's a, a power thing too. Wants to have this thing continue advising somebody that is very possibly not going to be cognitively fit within the next six months. So you have to ask yourself, do they really truly think about the individual man and woman out on the street in the, on the grind nine to five? Is that who they're thinking about when they're making these decisions? Or are they thinking about the money and the power? It's money and power. You know, you, you look at everybody. I hate saying that word all the time, everybody, but you look at the, the different players involved in the, in the vaccine push, right? Bill Gates, 
has been out, and I went on a rant about Bill Gates on a previous podcast, so I don't want to go on a rant too much about him. But, you know, for those of you out there that maybe want a little quick recap, Bill Gates is an extremely rich man. He started Microsoft. He's a college dropout, but obviously, you know, college didn't, he didn't really need college to do what he did, okay? He is a software developer. Can we just agree with that? That's where he got rich. That's where he got rich. Okay, as being a software developer. Okay. So somewhere after becoming a software developer in today, he became an expert in epidemiology, virology, and, and vaccinations. Somehow. No schooling, no nothing. Okay. This guy doesn't get censored. He can say whatever he wants. Now he's t- telling, you know, wealthy countries like the US to eat, eat fake meat, eat bugs. You know, come on, okay? This guy's allowed to come out and say whatever he wants. And, and obviously, you know, he's done numerous interviews where he says, you know, by far, he has made more money in the funding and the research of vaccinations than anything. He's done numerous TED Talks talking about the need to reduce the world population. And in one of his TED Talks, he says, I feel like we can get the world population reduced by about one, you know, uh, a a few hundred million to even possibly a billion, reduce the world population through vaccines. He has said that in numerous TED Talks, okay? For those of you that want to do a little research, go to YouTube, type in Bill Gates FunVax, F-U-N space V-A-X, and watch that video where he is briefing the Pentagon on basically how to vaccinate um, religious fundamentalists so they're, they, they don't do terrorist actions anymore. Basically change the way they think, change their brain structure, all this sort of stuff, okay? So this guy is now heavily involved, heavily invested in the vaccines with Pfizer or uh, Moderna or whoever, whoever that is. And yet, we're all supposed to sit back and think, oh, he's just a good guy that wears sweater vests, right? He, he, he's got no ill will. He's got, he's got no, no side agenda to him. He's, he, he's, a, he, 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 he's so ph- philanthropical that why would anybody hate Bill Gates? He's Mr. Rogers, bro. He's Mr. Rogers. Look deeper into that. You know, I mentioned a minute ago, you got to follow the money. Who stands to make a boatload of money off of forced vaccinations? There's a lot of people that stand to make a lot of money. Would you not agree with that? I would agree. Okay. Let's talk about these vaccinations for a moment. Pfizer and Moderna have come out with an mRNA vaccine, messaging RNA. And in the... um, Those are the ones that... China wasn't accepting. I don't. I haven't looked back into it, but that was. There were the first two. China, yeah, China will not accept them. Uh, the last I heard, and I could be wrong in this, but the last I heard was, if you were traveling to China, and you had either the Pfizer or the Moderna vaccine, they would not let you in the country. Right now, my question there is, what do they know that we don't know? And we're never going to know that. This podcast is not about China. Okay. Just real quick before you move on to the next ones, because I know you're going to do the cover this whole thing, and I just want to get this thought out. I can't prove this at all, but you know that I'm into fitness, and I could really look into a lot of – I've tried a lot of different supplements and things like that, and I yep. try to get better, better, better. All I, 
one thing I do know and that I've always been very, very paranoid about as taking supplements is like um, kidney stones, right? Because they mm-hmm. take protein and um, basically kidney, kidney stones are the backup, you know, of the not breaking down the protein molecule and they get hardener and then they create a rock. With both of the first two vaccines you were talking about, they're basically a protein based. Correct. I am highly, highly skeptical not skeptical, but I, I will not be surprised in five years if we see the commercial online or on the TV that says, if you got the, uh, if you guys were in the first round of the Moderna Pfizer vaccine and you've had kidney problems, call this number Bacchus and Shanker or whoever else and we'll, we'll get $5 million for you. There's absolutely going to be class action lawsuits because the fact of the matter is mRNA vaccines have never, in the history of humans, have never been widely used until now. Okay? Now, if they've never been widely used, it's because they've never been widely tested. You know, everybody says right now, well, you know, uh, of course the vaccine's safe. It's approved by the FDA. People need to wake up and realize it is not approved. None of these vaccines are approved. The fastest that any of these vaccines can be approved is July of 2021. The only reason they're available now is because they have an emergency use authorization. That is the only reason. And so you look at this and say, we are one gigantic experiment with these mRNA vaccines. They've never been they've never been widely used, never been widely tested, never have gone through the vetting. They've tried on influenza and Zika and a couple other things that I researched. But if they work so well, why hasn't the flu vaccine come been changed over to an mRNA vaccine? They don't know what they don't know with these things. It's a different talk, dude, but I mean, think about it this way too. And I want to start start wrapping it closer to the passport thing because I did want to hit on that. Oh, we're going to get to that in a moment. But you got droves. They don't, they're not letting the media down on the border right now, but you got droves of people coming into this country. And yet you're worried about the people that are already here, here and trying to do the right thing. Yeah. You're worried about, you know, making them do all I, all I guess I'll delay the, the passport um, comment until you get to it. But, you know, I just want everybody to think about that. We're, we're sitting here, we're so paranoid about this. Right. We're so paranoid about this. And you got literally, I mean, we don't even know who's coming over right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's a dangerous situation. And again, it, 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 none of the logic follows through, right? If you're going to, if you're going to allow people to come into this country for, uh, seeking asylum from other countries, that's fine. But why are those individuals not being text, tested and vaccine right down there? Right. If, if, if the vaccine is so important and, and absolutely needed, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to get to all this here in a moment. I'm kind of slow playing it a little bit because it's got to kind of, you know, everything's got to kind of build on, on itself. No, I got you, bro. I just got to, you know me, I forget shit. Yep. So we get into, you know, earlier uh, in the year or, or later in the year in 2020, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts as well. And this Freedom Pass thing kept being talked about. Right. It was this idea that your vaccination record can be put into a, a, a mobile app or you'd have a paper vaccine card or something that you'd have to show to attend events and all this sort of stuff. And everybody I talked to in my circle that I told that to, I got called a conspiracy theorist saying that would never happen. 
Okay. What are we dealing with now in New York City? Funny you should ask that, or you set me up. One of the two, but, um, you know, there was a article written in the in USA Today. It was by some lady named Karen uh, Wintraub and Elizabeth Weiss. But New York's actually launching the nation's first vaccine passports. The Excelsior Pass. Yes, yes, the Vax Pass. The Vax Pass, Brett, get it right. So as of, I guess, today, right, I guess that went into full effect and they're supposed, they're going to start requiring that or if, to be able to go into venues and they're going to go into sporting events. Um, you know, listen, if you are okay with being tracked in any form, I mean, we, we carry cell phones. That's already bad enough, man. Like you're getting tracked whether you like it or not, but at least your cell phone's it. But how much... Everybody out there really needs to ask themselves, how much of their personal information are they willing to have out there? Like, how much do you really want other people to have control over what they can or can't or don't do to you? Well, the vaccine passport, the technology, it's being promoted as, oh, it's just so you can show the proof of vaccination to, to live your life, right? At some point, they're going to say, you know, for convenience, Let's load all of your medical records up here, too. For convenience, let's put your identifications up here. Passport, driver's license, whatever. For convenience, let's put all of your money, crypto, up into the passport. Right? Then at that point, the, the, the software company, the Silicon Valley company, whoever, has all of your data. In the world that we live in, where we are considered users with social media, you Google anything, our, our searches are, are, are collected, the data is collected, and it's sold uh, for money. What makes anybody think that our data that's uploaded to these things is not going to be used for somebody else's monetary gain? Or to be shut down, bro. Think about this. Yes. Okay, and I know this. everybody's going to laugh out there, but have you seen the movie The Departed? Yes. Say okay, the end, right? The end. Okay. He, the guy doesn't know he has him in the police station. He's like, Hey, you know, we got to get you paid and all that kind of thing. And the guy notices the envelope, spoiler alert. Guy notices the envelope that the Russian the guy, yeah, the, the Russian guy wrote it wrong on there. And he noticed, so he knew that that guy was the one working for him. Well, what happened right after that? When the guy realized that he knew that he knew who he was, he raised his shit. That's right. Like you beat like, I'm gonna. I got. I'm trying to stay back a little bit so I don't scream into this thing. But like, what do you? Well, like, what are people thinking? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Right. What I mean, they can erase you from this earth. That I is there is. I mean, you want to give them more control. I I've said it a couple times here, D. This is a hundred percent about control. Okay, it's not about health. If this was about health. They'd be talking about actual medications that were to keep you healthy. I know it is, but that's what makes me mad about it, dude, is because we're we're the ones that are allowing it to happen. We are the ones that, do you know, we talked, I don't know how long we talked COVID the last time, when the last one was, it was what? About an hour. A couple months ago. No, I'm talking about the episode. It was about an hour. Oh, how long ago? Yeah, oh, I'm I trying to think. So I have, I have legitimately, I have legitimately 
only put my mask on maybe once, twice, maybe. Right. And really, I do it only when my wife's with me because I just don't want to deal with it. She, right. Yeah. You don't. Okay. You don't want to get in a she, altercation with your wife. <laughs> if I got into with somebody it, else. Yeah, I don't. Well, I don't want to put her in that in that either. But you know what I'm saying. Right. I have not done that since then. Right. And I've done that out of principle. I've done that out of principle. And I've had a couple different confrontations. And I've had to have those conversations with people standing at the, in the thing at Home Depot. But here's the thing. This is what I've noticed. I have been asked less than I have been asked. That's right. Does that make, or I mean, haven't been asked, sorry. Mm-hmm. Haven't been asked as much as I have been asked. So that, that, you know what that tells me? That tells me that a lot of people are hip on what this that's going on. But we're just too chicken shit to just say, listen, dude, I'm not, I'm just not cool. I want to breathe fresh air. Dude, it's the sun's back out, man. You don't right. want to go outside and breathe fresh air. I'm still seeing people in cars driving with them. Right. I've got a couple uh, tweets here I want to read because they're very relevant to this part of what we're talking about. A vaccine passport will only be used by the state and large corporations for good. They won't use it to gradually take more power and crush your rights and won't ever morph into something evil. Same people who said lockdowns are just two weeks to flatten the curve. Now, let me read another tweet that this is really what's happening. For those of you out there, okay? Vaccine passports are a good idea. Among other things, it will single out the large contingent of people who refuse vaccines, who will be foreclosed from doing a lot of things their peers can do. That should help break the resistance down. This is not about health. This is not about a virus. This is simply about control. This is about compliance. That's all this is. I'm just going to read this because I think it's about all politicians, but... I think uh, this it just made me laugh. That picture I sent you that said, give a Democrat a fish and he'll eat for a day. <laughs> Teach a Democrat to fish and he'll steal your rod. Take your wallet, sexually assault the fish, and then blame the President Trump. <laughs> yeah. I think that's hilarious. I don't... I mean, I lost my cool a little bit, but dude, I just... I, I don't understand why people don't get it. I don't understand. And I get... Listen, look, I just want to be real clear. I'm not saying people that got the vaccine, I, I'm not hating on if you get it or you don't. That's what my point is. It's not my, it is not my business. If you, Brett, even as a friend, got the vaccine or not, it is not my business. And it's not, it, it's not my place to tell you what I do either. My favorite, my, we can text my wife right now. One of the things I tell her the most, you know, she, you She'll tell me a story or something, you know, or, you know, something, there's some gossip going on in the family or something like that. And I'll just look at her and my, literally my, what I tell her is it's not my life. It's not my problem. That's right. Not my monkey, not my circus. If you make it my problem, then I got to deal with it, but it's not my life and it's not my problem. Your life is not my problem, Brett. You're a good friend to me and I appreciate it. And I would do anything for you, but you're whether what you want to do with your health is up to you. That's right. You're an adult. You pay your own bills. I tell, I, since I became an adult, I said, you know what the best thing about being an adult is? I can have chocolate cake for breakfast if I want to. And not one person can tell me fucking no. Right. So why, if you can decide to buy a house and pay a mortgage, if you could, if you raise your kids, you contribute to society, pay your taxes, 
you are a good steward, you you know, help other people. You can make the decision to do all of those things. Right. But according to what all the pressure that's going on right now and the messaging that's coming through me, the media and everything else, you're a bad person if you don't make that decision. This is all virtue signaling. I've got one more funny thing and then we'll move on off of this for just a second. Think for a moment if there was a contraceptive vaccine, but after taking it, you could still get pregnant. And for the men out there, still had to wear a condom. Would you take it? That's what we're telling people to do effectively. Get this vaccine, but still wear a face mask, still social distance. Oh, and by the way, France this week announced a 14-day countrywide lockdown. Okay? If the vaccines worked, why would we still be going through this nonsense? It is not about a vaccine. It's about control. That's that. That that's the only thing that makes sense. I had this thought. I don't know. I haven't really processed this thought yet, but it's segregation, dude. Uh, complete, dude. It is a form of segregation. Like we have, we have all kinds of segregation everywhere going on right now. Red, blue, left, right. Vaccine, no vaccine. Mask, no mask. Like, we are in so many little boxes, I think people just don't know what to do. Well, this is a longer conversation, but the powers that be want the populace to be fighting amongst each other, amongst ourselves, for, you know, whatever. It's kind of like, hey, look over here while we do whatever we're going to do over here. Kansas City Shuffle. Right, right. I mean, that's ultimately what it boils down to, okay? Right. And so, you know, when you when you break down the different things that I that I mentioned— uh, thus far, I'm not telling anybody don't go take the vaccine. If you, if you personally want to go take the vaccine, if you are high risk, you have, you're up there in age, you've got other comorbidities, you know, you, you just, if it would make you feel better and you believe in the, in the, the propaganda that's been put out there, by all means, take it. I have no judgment on that. And I, and I, th my stance is just, if you are in one of those classes or you feel you need it, yes, go get it, go get it, go do your, I, go I, get I, it. I, it's the choice part of it, Brett. That's what I really want to focus on. It's the choice. Right. But you know what the majority of people that, that I come across these days tell me as to why they're either getting the vaccine or have gotten the vaccine. You know what they tell me? So they can travel. So I can travel. I want to go to sporting events. I want to go to concerts. If 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 your sole reasoning for getting a vaccine is not because of the health benefits, but so that you can live your life, we all need to be standing up and questioning that from the rooftops. Well, the passports, I mean, they're going to be used just like anything else would do. Anything else. Right. Anytime they're going to track you, it's essentially like we talked about, about controlling our movements and and just having control and power over other people. And we've said it on podcasts before absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Right. When people get power, they want more. And these passports opens the door. I'm not saying passports are bad. You know, there's other countries that do have them and I understand their reasoning for it. Yeah. If you want to travel to certain countries, you have to get a yellow fever vaccination and you have to show proof that you got that vaccination. Right. And then, but again, I choose not to go to France. 
Right. Well, right. It's not France necessarily. Well, but you know what I, I'm I saying. I don't. Saying. I don't right. go to those countries. I, I choose not to. I right. choose not to. Right. And so you know, I'm just my like I said. I want it to. It needs to be about the choice, man. It has to be. You have to have the choice to do it. We right. fight for choice on all these other topics. All these other topics we want to fight about. You know, abortion and you know. Um, you know, the transgender movement going on right now with kids and all that kind of race stuff. Inequality, race inequality, all that. And we got all that going on, you know, and it just, you have to, you have to understand what the entire thing is about. It is about money and it is about power. Right. Well, and everybody that tells me that hey, I'm getting the vaccine because I want to travel or I want to be able to live my life. What you just said, all you just said was. The government's going to control what I do if I don't acquiesce and take their their uh, witch's brew, whatever that is. Well, and I had the other the other th- my other pet peeve. I've had several conversations about this, and it was the same thing. I got the we did the Second Amendment episode talking about gun registries and stuff, and these same people that fight against having gun registries are okay with the passport. Right. Do we see the Do we see the hypocrisy in that? Oh, like you want to be tracked. So we want to pick and choose what we're going to get tracked on. Like we want to, we, you think you're, you think they're going to let you control it. The, this whole freedom pass vaccination, passport, Excelsior pass, pick your pick, pick whatever name you want to pick for it. It's a slippery slope. We're going down. I want to go back uh, real quick here to these vaccines, right? So if these vaccines were so safe and so effective, uh, you don't even know I'm going to pull this out. Here's the headline. This article was published February 24, 2021. The website it was published on was science.thewire. Pfizer demands government's gamble with state assets to secure vaccine deal. Follow me on this article for a moment. All right. Pfizer has been accused of bullying Latin American governments in COVID vaccine negotiations and has asked some countries to put up sovereign assets, such as embassy buildings and military bases, as a guarantee against the cost of any future legal cases the Bureau of Investigative Journalism can reveal. In the case of one country, demands made by the pharmaceutical giant led to a three-month delay in a vaccine deal being agreed. For Argentina and Brazil, no national deals were agreed at all. Any holdup in countries receiving vaccines mean more people contracting COVID-19 and potentially dying. Officials from Argentina and other Latin American countries, which cannot be named as it signed a confidentiality agreement with Pfizer, said the company's negotiators demanded additional indemnity against civil claims citizen may file if they experience adverse effects after being inoculated. So you have a pharmaceutical company producing a product that they believe in so much that they're saying, you either are going to put up your sovereign land assets or banking assets, which we'll get into, for future potential claims to make sure that we're not we can't be held financially liable. If these pharmaceutical companies believed in the product they were producing, why are they going to such lengths to make sure they can never be held accountable? It's the same thing with Como. We talked about him trying to give himself immunity through the whole thing about the nursing homes and, you know, putting sick, sick old people. And those are where those, you know, massive, you know, a lot of his death count came from. It's the same thing. They're trying to remove the liability or they want or at least their financial liability, right? Right. 
So you've got a pharmaceutical company, the main one, effectively holding countries, holding impoverished countries hostage from getting a vaccine. But it's all about health. It's not about control. Now, here, one question that I bring into this, why is a pharmaceutical company trying to effectively acquire in some respects military bases of other countries? Why would they be trying, let's just call it land. Why would they be trying to acquire land in other countries? I wasn't prepared for this article, so you you have to forgive me, but you uh, there was, we mentioned something on the podcast at one point, or at least I did. Um, I'll have to look it back up and remind me. Um, but there was an article that came out where that was the case. Wasn't it down in like around Costa Rica or Cuba or something like that? And they're trying to get, they're trying to buy those lands up and build missile silos out of there. The Chinese were, mm-hmm. and I can't, I don't, I, I'm, People are going to say, oh, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, but I didn't, I haven't looked it up. I didn't look it up and find detail. It was something that I heard talked about, you know, on a podcast or something like that. Right. Yeah. You know, this whole situation, and again, we, you know, I keep going back to the word control and, you know, it's, it's kind of being overused at, at this point tonight, but you look at everything that I've kind of laid out here. And if, if this vaccine was so effective or these vaccines, I should say, were so effective, were harmless, all this sort of stuff. Why do these companies go to such great lengths to, to make sure that they can't be held accountable? And I joked about this in a previous podcast. You do know how the movie I Am Legend started, right? Right. Okay. Let's go. Let, let, let's rewind uh, quite a few years before I Am Legend. George Orwell's 1984. You know, that movie came out, people thought, oh, my God, it's so futuristic, it's so out there, it can never happen. Eh, people might want to go back and read the book or watch the movie because what's happening is eerily similar to what this is. Here's something else. You know IBM, right? Right. Okay. IBM is working with Silicon Valley, these other these tech companies, to create these vaccine passports, as well as all your cell phone carriers and everything for the contact tracing. IBM is, is deeply involved in the tracing of people's movements. Right. Do you know what IBM was deeply involved with back in world war two? No. What? Creating the uh, ID system for the Jewish population in Germany. The tattoos. Back then it was tattoos. Right. Okay. Just food for thought there. You know, I don't want people to feel bad if they feel like they need the vaccine. But no. I, you know, that's a, I want to make sure I'm real clear on that. If you feel like you need it, do do what you need to do um, for yourself and for your family. If you have a sick person in the home, if you know, if you have somebody going through cancer or something, it probably it might be a good idea. Right? Absolutely, it might be a good idea. My problem again is with the choice, and we should have choice as Americans of what we're putting in our body, especially in our body. Right. Because all I know is that every single person, our biological makeups are all different and there's not going to be one end all be all cure for this thing forever. It's going to mutate. It's going to do its thing. But at the end, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when you look at the actual data, it is not something, it is no worse than H1N1 
and I never got forced to take a vaccine for that or wear a mask. They, yeah, and they developed a vaccine for H1N1, but it was never widely required. No. And I just want everybody to know, I just I want everybody to, to realize that we're losing freedoms slowly. Yeah. I want to bring something up, and before I bring this up, I just want people to understand that I am not a religious individual. I bring it up because of the irony with this, okay? Um, I was listening to Tim Pool's podcast the other day, and he, he mentioned this, that a lot of people are, especially, you know, the, the religious community is correlating these passports, these vaccine passports, to the mark of the beast. So Revelations, Revelations 16 through 18. The second beast causes all people to be marked on their right hand or their forehead, right? Now, obviously, you know, because of what happened in World War II, we're not going to go back to tattoos. Right. But one could extrapolate that most, the majority of the population is right-handed. What do you hold your phone in? Your right hand. Okay. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just bringing it up. If they do not have the mark of the beast... They cannot buy or sell. They cannot engage in commerce. Isn't that what these freedom passports, vaccine passports are basically saying? If you don't have this passport, you cannot engage in, in every normal everyday activity. That's what they're saying. That's what I mean, that's what the intent that's what the intent is. That's what the intent is. Now, I heard today. Okay, so the the survival rate with COVID, 99.99%, right? Let's just back it off and say 99.98%. Right. Give it the benefit of the doubt, okay? Your risk currently of being hospitalized from severe complications to COVID after vaccination is 0.01%. It's the same exact percentage being vaccinated versus not being vaccinated. What is the purpose? Like, you know, what's the end game, right? And, and you just look at all the damage, man. You just look at all the damage and the turmoil that this whole thing has left. And you just don't know what to trust and you don't know who to listen to. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm dude. I tell everybody, don't don't rely on me for your news. Don't rely on no. me for your information. You need to go out and look at, at those things yourself. This is an opinion podcast. This is not a, you know, neither one of us are journalists. You know, for the folks out there that say cite your facts, I've, I've, you, you're welcome to email me, and I can forward you all the articles that I've read and, and, and presented here today. Right? I don't. I'm not justifying shit to anybody. But here's the thing: people need to start doing their own research. And stop relying on the news readers and news models on the mainstream media telling you what's good for you and what's not good for you. Do your own work. Do your own research. Well, I mean, Zoloft's on the FDA shortage list now. So that, what does that tell you? Well, you know, you, you just you mentioned it just now, right? What are the real side effects of what we've been dealing with, with for the last 14 months? I know opiate deaths, opiate deaths are up. I know suicides are up. I know that... Zoloft is on the is on the shortage list because we got so many more people on it. Divorce rates, divorce rates, unemployment, child abuse that's not getting reported because the kids haven't been in school and nobody could nobody could blow the whistle on it. Like there's been, dude, there's been so what, much. What, what about childhood hunger because they're not going to school and getting the food? That's that, getting that's school lunches. Too. Yeah, no, no, I agree, man, and I just 
if you, again, if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you feel like you need it for you and your family. Right. That is, that is totally, I, I am in 100 support of it. I am in 100 support of it. But if you are out there and you're clamoring for these, these passports and yeah, let's do that. Just so we, like you said, go so I can go to the movies and you want to give up freedoms. You're giving up freedoms for a $20 movie. Think about that. Well, and I think, uh, we're, we're getting to a point that I can read this story. Now this is not my story. This is written by Jacob Hornberger and he wrote this a little over a year ago. There was a good reason why our American ancestors failed to include an emergency exception in the Bill of Rights. It was because they knew that throughout history, emergencies have been a time-honored way by which people lose their liberty. Thus, the First Amendment does not say, does not say, Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of of the press or the right of the people peacefully to assemble and petition the government for a redress of grievances, except in cases of emergency. The second amendment does not state a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state that the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed in except in cases of emergency. The fifth amendment does not state no person shall be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, except in cases of emergency. You guys, you, you get the point of what this article is saying, right. right? We don't suspend the constitution in cases of emergency. He goes on, but I'm going to get, I'm going to get down here real quick. Okay. Why did the framers and our ancestors, uh, why didn't the framers and our ancestors include an emergency exception in the constitution of the bill of rights? Because they knew that such an exception would nullify all restrictions in the bill of rights and the limitations on power enumerated in the constitution. That is, they knew that if they included an emergency exception, they might as well have just called into existence a federal government with the omnipotent totalitarian power to destroy their rights and liberties. The framers and our ancestors understood that emergencies and crises have been a time-honored way throughout history by which people have lost their liberties and their well-beings at the hands of their own government. After all, ask yourself, why did they deem it necessary to express... Why did they deem it necessary to expressly prohibit the federal government from doing all those bad things that are listed in the Bill of Rights? It was because they knew that the propensity of people who are attracted to government power is to thirst and ache to do such things and to look for opportunities to do them. By the same token, people who thirst and ache for power know that a free people don't like giving up their rights and liberties. But then along come emergencies and all bets are off. Now people become greatly afraid, which presents those who thirst and ache for power with the opportunity to strike by offering the fear-filled people a bargain. Trade away your freedoms, and I will give you, I will keep you safe. It will only be temporary. As soon as an emergency is over, I will quickly restore your rights and liberties without hesitation. That will never happen. And I'm going to leave us with this quote. We all like Benjamin Franklin. Those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Right. Just food for thought. Well, we established it on the last podcast. When you give things away, it never comes back. No. It doesn't come back. When you let, when you let 
I, I use the police department, or I don't know if I told the example, but it's, it's going to sound so stupid, but it's just kind of cool. We used, when I got on with the police department, it, we had our birthdays. We got our birthday off, so we get an extra day. So we went into those when we were in the, um, you know, when we were in the last recession type thing going on. And so they came to us and they asked us, you know, will you give your birthday up as part of our negotiation and said, you know, we'll give it, you know, obviously it'll go back in and the next negotiation. Okay. So we let them take that money and they ended up giving it to the homeless and all kinds of stuff. Never got the birthday back. Mm-hmm. Now I know that sounds stupid, but it's just an example of what I'm trying to convey here. When you voluntarily let them or I, and them meaning the people that are controlling these situations all around you, you know exactly who they are. If you want to, you know, if it's your governor, if it's your senator, if it's your, you know, whoever. If you're going to give them the control to take things away from you, they are not going to stop taking things away. It will continue. A little bit at a time. Until they have total control, man. Yep. And I hope, um, you know, I hope if you know somebody that, needs to hear this, you know, maybe give a little different perspective, you know, to them. We, we try to deliver it in a way where it's at least semi-humorous, but you know, don't be afraid to share these podcasts with people. Even if they, if you feel like it's a little bit controversial in your mind, you know, I don't feel like we're controversial. I feel like we're having a discussion and, and, and we've opened up the door. I still, the door is always wide open for anybody that's against any topic that we are on here and they want to reach out to us and come on here and, and, and give us reasons why they're not. That's fine. I want to do that as well. Absolutely. But use, if you're not willing to stand up and be a voice, you need to be, instead of sharing the stupid memes on Facebook and shit like that, you need to be sending the people that you feel need to hear some of these messages. Just like I send out a lot of those real AF podcasts from Andy Frisella. I send those out to my friends because he has a good message in some of those. And it's not all about politics and shit. It's about personal development sometimes and pulling your head out of your ass. That's right. And so, you know, that's what these podcasts are for. This is the only uncensored medium, really, that I can think of right now. Because if you put a video up on YouTube, they can censor you there. Oh, man, if, 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 we, if, if we publish this podcast on YouTube, it would be off. Right. So, you know... If you know somebody needs to hear a message or you want to give them just a little different perspective, that's why we, that's why we're doing this is so we can help people like you. You can share the podcast and not even have to say a word That's right, and just send it to them. But I appreciate everybody um, and your support so far, Brett. I wanted to end on a positive note so it's not all doom and gloom, but we that's are good. officially over 350 downloads. Sweet. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, and so I want to say thank you to everybody out there uh, for supporting the show again. Um, if you're not, please subscribe. Um, you know, even if you don't like one of the episodes, we promise we're going to keep it, you know, we're going to try to keep it kind of varied a little bit between the personal development and, you know, some of these, um, issues out in society. Um, so even if you don't like one, there's a really good chance the next episode you'll really, you could get something else out of, you know, so. Right. Yeah. And if you have any, uh, friends or family that, you know, might enjoy, what we have to say and, and, uh, you know, might get some value out of it. Please share it. Please subscribe. Uh, please rate us, uh, on whatever medium you're on, whether it's, uh, Apple's, uh, iHeart, you know, Spotify, whatever it is, you know, please just help us grow this. We're trying to grow it, um, completely natural. And so, um, any support you guys can give greatly appreciated. 
Yes, sir. Thank you, everybody. You guys have a great week. This, we should have this out on the Saturday, Brett. So um, the next episode, actually, we're really excited about it. Um, we're going to have um, a police officer, uh, a sheriff's officer's friend, sheriff, sheriff deputy, um, in on the show. We're going to talk some, maybe some uh, perspective issues about the police department or, you know, police officers, and maybe just try to give, you know, some different points of view um, to people out there that might have a perception with, you know, all the George Floyd's, the, the trials going on right now and everything. And I just want to keep everybody's head in the middle and don't get too far one way. Don't get too far the other way either. Right. You know, yeah, I'm looking forward to that episode. That'll so, be a fun, that'll be a fun conversation. So, everybody have a great weekend and we'll see you later. Bye everybody. <laughs>